What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome, everyone, to this Monday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan is back. Dennis Dick with you this morning. we got a lot to discuss here. There's a lot of headlines from over the weekend, right? We're going to talk Bitcoin and crypto and every crypto going down except for the one that matters, which is, of course, Dogecoin. We're going to talk uh, Peloton this morning. We're going to talk Ride. Uh, we're gonna, we might talk Pinterest. we got some earnings from Coke. And Harley Davidson, we have an M&A deal on our radar. And two guests today. First up, Tim Quast will join the show. He joins us every Monday, the founder of Market Structure Edge. And Matt Hammond, who is our IPO guy from IPO Warriors, will join us at 9. Today's show is also sponsored by Market Structure Edge. I'm going to put the link up on the screen to check that out there. It is the first decision support platform for traders built on Market Structure. To learn more, go to marketstructureedge.com. Um Hit the like button for Joel, guys. He's back. He's back. Hey. Joel, how are we doing? We're doing okay, Spencer. You're awful chipper. You must have had a double cup of cappuccino with espresso in there. You are you are fired up today. Usually on Mondays, you're like, oh, you know. But you, no, no. you're raring to go. It's good. It's good to see. Uh, we'll just run down real quick. I know people aren't real interested in the indexes or gold and silver, but spoos are down. Uh, 11 points, 41.65. Crude's down 18 cents at 63.01. Gold up a smidge at 17.82. Silver going the other way. Bitcoin, the futures are down, uh, reflecting that uh, that close on Friday. Uh, took a little hit. We can discuss that news, but uh, that's it. It looks like a it looks like a busy busy Monday here uh, in the markets. Uh, Triple D, I have a, a new indicator for you. 
Okay, give it to me. Gluttony did something over the week. He's come up at least with a new indicator because he had the whole week off here, obviously enjoying himself in the, in the oh, sunny south while it. we're oh, fighting the bitter cold up here still in Georgian Bay. So first, before you give us the indicator, tell us how your vacation was. Oh, I don't want to tell you. You're getting so jealous. I'm so jealous already. Even when I saw the empty flight, the picture you sent me, I was still jealous. It was it was unbelievable. Uh, the weather was unbelievable, right? Yeah. And uh, beaches, walking, uh, marine center. Uh, busy down there. Swimming. Was it busy down there? Uh no, I wouldn't say super busy because the plane it was, didn't it, look busy. Yeah, after spring break, I mean the airports. I mean there was some hustle and bustle there, but uh, you know. Um, not not super busy, not uh, super long lines at the uh, at the um, you know at the clearance points, uh, but it was just good weather. Uh, swimming every day, walking every day, uh, just hanging out in the pool, and that's where I came up with my new indicator. What is the new indicator? Oh, someone was listening last night. It's the it's the guy at the pool indicator. What's the guy at the pool indicator? What's I guess it's kind of similar to the cabin. What was he talking? Is it's what he was talking about? Yes, he's well. He he asked me, and this was what day did the market actually go down? It's been down two days in the last thirteen sessions. And he's like, "Why is the market down? Why is the market down?" And I'm like, <laughs> and I and I'm like, I'm like, I you know, I look at you know, look at my phone. I don't know, spoos down, down, like down, uh, down like ten <laughs> points, and I'm like. You know, why is the market crashing? Exactly. And, he, and I'm like, well, it. I mean, market, it's good for the market to take a little bit of the ground. I got some weekly options. I got some weekly spy options and they were way up this morning and I didn't sell them. <laughs> and now they're not. And I, I said, well, don't worry about it. I said, the market will go up tomorrow and it will probably go up. It will go up. It will probably go up on Friday. I'm like, just, and I go, and why do the weeklies? You know, I mean, the time evaporates, give yourself a little more time. And then I, I don't know. I think he dumped them on the open on Thursday or something and missed the rally on Thursday and Friday. So, so I'm not calling the top, but until we take out, uh, I got a level for everyone on the upside. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it to myself, but I got a level on the upside. We haven't seen it yet today, but if we get above, if we can't get above there, maybe I'll look for a little bit of correction. But there's just, there's just no volatility. You know, there's no killing me. Yeah, it's real. I mean, it depends. You know, on what stocks. Not like if you're trading Ride or Peloton or well, those those don't have volatility either. They just go straight down. Rides and (laughs) and and all and all the SPACs. I mean, they're down every single day they go the market goes up the SPACs go down the market goes down the SPACs go down more <laughs> I mean it has been an awful month and a half to two months for the SPACs I know I have a few of them still I wish I didn't have any um Fisker one that I rebought at 16 mistake 13 I don't even know I should just probably dump it because they're all seem to just be continuing to go down they're also oversold though Joel I got someone that's bullish and Who, you, I, on I, Fisker? I'm not gonna, I'm not, I've uh, been bullish Fisker but it doesn't matter I have someone that uh, I'll, I'll bring him on later in the week, but um, and he's pretty good at, at, at calling Sean? some market turns. Sean. I'm not making any it's comments. Sean, because I know it's Sean. He was talking to me about the SPACs too. And saying, Sean's the number one contrarian we have out there. If the stocks are going straight down, he's buying. If the stocks are going straight up, he's short. And he has built contrarian more than me and you, Joel. 
That's Sean Udall. I'm guaranteeing it's Sean Udall. No, no comment. He no comment. It's Sean. We all know it's Sean. No comment. No comment. You know, and Sean usually gets it right in the long run. I'll I know. Tell you that, I know. But this person was like, I got to come on. I got to come on Friday. And I look, at, you know, I look at some of the charts. I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know. We'll see about Monday. And then oh. when I saw what they did on Friday, and I'm like, ah, you know, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll bring that mystery person on later in the week and, uh, and, uh, and take a look at him. He's even so, got me a little bit interested, but what do you want to start with this ride? ride? I want to start with ride. Oh, sure it did not finish the race apparently. Right, and that, that's what we said. It was like they don't have to win the race, but they should probably finish the race. They couldn't finish, the <laughs> and race. they couldn't finish the race. They they uh, they they made it forty miles out of how, how, out long of how many? Out of how many? Two hundred ninety. Oh man, <laughs> I only made it forty. <laughs> made it forty out of two ninety. Stocks are I making could, new lows. You gotta go. This is breaking down. We know our friend Marcus has got some puts still written on this. He is somewhat diversified. Marcus, I'm feeling for you, buddy. This is just the story of all SPAC. So it's not just a story of ride. It is the story of any EV SPAC. They go down every day. They're all massively oversold, but you get these little bounces, but it is bag holder central in all of these stocks. I'm now a new bag holder in Fisker. I've been up with this thing since birth. And now obviously I sold and then I rebought it. And now I'm down with it too. Same story. I mean, they have a red candle every day. There's nothing more consistent than SPACs going down. Fisker ride you name it it's back qs obviously had the short sell report that looks like it's ready to break down again 120 dollars beginning of the year oh. it's 34 dollars now romeo whereforth art thou that is eight dollars and 25 cents <laughs> now continuing to go down every single day um you name the SPAC, it's pretty much been attacked how how many people or how many traders do you think or groups set up people on like on the side of the road during that thing? And then I don't know. When when did it actually go off the road? Do, do we know? Because I'm sure they were waiting at the four AM open to hit that thing. It happened over the weekend, right? Yeah, it, it was it was Sundays when well I, I don't it didn't like go off the road. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't. Yeah, no, I didn't mean to say that. It didn't. No, go no, no, no. It, 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 they just had to withdraw from the race. So, wow. Yeah. Well, it's it's <laughs> just like I said. It's just they don't want to own these things. They they're all the problem is this market turned two months ago to value the things that have you know very little value or concepts that don't have revenue, and they've hated those stocks. I mean, space. SPCE, you know, I've sold a lot of these and I was bullish space for a long time and you have to get out when it's the, the story turns because it was built on story. Story has went ice cold, pun somewhat intended for space because it's cold up there. I'll spell that for you. But anyways, space, I think I think it goes lower. I just, you know, the story's <laughs> cold. They have really no revenue, maybe some pre-bookings. I mean, it's tough to be an investor in these things until the story turns around. At least it's let, let the stock stop going down. Trying to catch the falling knife on all these stocks, all these SPACs that, you know, have very little revenue. It's tough. There's no va- – the valuations just aren't there. You can't, you know, even value them because you don't know where it's going to be. Is there a product here eventually? I think there's a product with a lot of these companies. But where is the valuation tie-in? It, it, it's potentially a lot lower when you look at, you know, from a valuation perspective. You know, if you project out revenues and with the story cold and the market turning to a value-invested market, 
it's tough to own these stocks. How can you stay in these then in your long-term portfolio? I mean, I'm you, you've sold. I, you sold. I sold space. I sold Fisker. I rebought Fisker. So if you looked at my portfolio in January, I think I had 40 spots. <laughs> yeah. If you look at my portfolio now, I think I have seven. And a lot of those are $10 SPACs that are just hugging the $10 line. The ones, And, and we're, we're putting space as a SPAC. It's no longer a SPAC, but no, it came not. from a SPAC. Right. But it came from a SPAC. So even the ones that are, aren't, they're, they're post-deal, but they came from SPACs, those have obviously still got that whole, you know, they're still being grouped in, you know, and obviously they're just concepts, a lot of them. So, I mean, Fisker, I still believe in long-term for the simple reason is that they've got to deal with Magna. They are going to be producing cars. You're going to see Fiskers on the road. The question is, it's just, you know, baby thrown out with the bathwater. I mean, you, you never want to, you, you got to stay diversified for one thing. For two, it's making new lows. So really, I have no business being in this at all now um, from that perspective. So rally is probably to be sold talking completely against my buck. But I want to have some exposure. I mean, Fisker and my long-term portfolio, I, I'll give you how diversified I am. Fisker and my long-term portfolio is approximately 0.3% of my overall wealth. It's literally a fraction of, you know, I'm not talking 3%. I'm talking 0.3%. It's very small. So in the big scheme of things, my overall net picture, it's not. Alternatively, (laughs) Apple, I believe, is 5% of my overall. So in other words, I have, you know, you're talking 10 times bigger position when you're looking at them from that perspective. Maybe it's not Apple, but, you know, Amazon, there's a bunch of Those are twos and threes, Microsoft. Qs are like seven, you're talking. So when you're buying specs, Make them a small portion of your portfolio. If you load it up and 30% of my money's in Fisker, you're doing it wrong because that's too much it's risk, a, man. Too, yeah. I mean, and well, going to space, I mean, you know, people aren't kicking out 350 GER to go to space. I mean, in a, in a capsule. I worked for a long time. I had a double on this. It you know, we, I was in double. this thing from 15. I sold at 25 because I thought it went too high. And then it came back <laughs> in. I rebought it like 27. I got out some of 52. These were great trades. These were great because the story was so hot. When we were in the end of 2020, valuation wow. didn't matter. It matters now. We've been talking about the show for two months. Valuation matters. If you're buying something 50 times sales, this is not the market to envir- environment to buy something 50 times sales. I mean, look at Coinbase. If we take it to that, oh. I mean, and, you know, this is Bitcoin, but, you know, you got insiders dumping left and right on the direct listing because there's no Was it that big of a sell? Was it because No, I... there, it, okay. there, there was some – so in the original tweet that, you know, I and yeah. I retweeted, there, okay. it, they weren't selling all their holdings, but there were big sales. There was insider CEO dumped some, oh, CFO really? dumped some. They all dumped let's, some stock. Let's, let's think about this logically for a second. Somebody has to sell, right? If you're doing a direct listing – you're not, you're not, so they were selling just because they had to you're sell. Not, you're not issuing new shares. They got to come from somewhere, right? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> had to sell. Somebody okay. had to sell. Sure, sure. So we'll look at it from that perspective. And Kathy, we know, has been buying. I don't know if she bought more on Friday. I didn't look. I'm assuming she um, did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she did. Probably I, did. I, I, I already forgot, but we can look. So it's down because of Bitcoin. Yeah. You know, it's valuation again. I mean, this thing, like we were saying, is valued more than ICE, Joel. Like way more than the International Exchange, which has, you know, businesses, you know, and exchanges, owns the NYSE, owns all kinds of different exchanges, been in this business for, you know, decades, you know, if not longer. Not just ICE, not just ICE, ICE plus NASDAQ. So you got to look at it and you say, okay, are we all just going to stop trading stocks and we're all going to start trading crypto? You know, maybe that's the case. Maybe, you know, this is just going to get silly town. Crypto, doggy coin, it's gotten silly. But again, SPAC's gotten to silly town. Look how that's went. I believe that the crypto space 
is where SPACs were back in December, January. Um, and I would not be the least bit surprised if you start to see stuff roll over. I'm sticking with my Bitcoin for the simple reason. I still want on the Ethereum because it has a use with the NFTs. But right now, you know, after the carnage over the weekend, I think the short term tops in. So um, I'd be a seller rallies and all this stuff. What do you think about the the, the way I, I looked at this coin chart for the first thing last night? And wow, I mean, did it, did volatility? It already came in on this thing. I mean, it hit four thirty the first day. So if you're going with the Eric Kroll, you know, break the top of the IPO range, you can get your buy stop in at four thirty oh one. That seems a long ways away. And then on its third day of trading, it had an inside day. I mean, that to me, I, I mean, people are maybe getting long, people are getting short, but to me, it's just like, wow. Like put there's a roof on this thing already, and I just don't see it blasting up back up to four thirty. I don't know how low. It what depends. Was... If it's going to be linked to Bitcoin, if Bitcoin exactly. can turn around and blast off to a hundred thousand, coins going to go higher. So you're just it's a Bitcoin. It's another derivative play now off of Bitcoin price. It's one so thing Bitcoin you gets said. Hammered, coins yeah. going to be down. You said one thing last week that really resonated with me. And Were you, you said... listening to the show last week? Or no, the week before I left. <laughs> You're on vacation. You didn't listen to us. Yeah, yeah. Believe me. All right. Um, you guys enough listening to me. You didn't listen to me on vacation. No, you okay, said about say? the spreads are going to come in on that. Their margins are going to come in. Oh, the yeah. Spreads, they're going to competition. Yeah. They're not going to get these juicy half percent spreads forever. No way. If, if crypto continues to grow, you're going to see competition coming in. I mean, the other exchanges will come for it, too. So it as soon as you know ETF also gets you know we we get approved in the US it's going to open the doors as well so competition coming for them so juicy margins yeah you can look and you can just project out on their current numbers and say wow if the if the customer base grows like this and they got these margins this is where it's going to be the margins are going to get sque- squeezed tremendously they're going to get squeezed down from half a percent spreads to fractions of a percent and that's what's going to happen. If it as it gets more efficient, and that's good for you know crypto traders because right now you're paying a half percent. That's like horrible. So you know in some cases, you know maybe it's tighter in some cases as well. But it's significant the spreads. They're going to come in, and that's going to squeeze Coinbase's margins. So paying you know and projecting out on these numbers and these margins is a futile exercise because the margins are going to come way in. So you got to consider that as well. I wouldn't buy it. Just my opinion. I mean, and you know, a story could get hot. Bitcoin could go. Yeah, I mean, whoever was. But all I know is, when in, oh, I don't, nobody knows anything, but all I think is that the margins get squeezed. Eventually, those numbers aren't going to look as good as everybody thinks they're going to look. I agree. All right. So the crypto show, I don't know if we need to talk about what Kathy was doing last week, or I guess the next big news story is I think ARC, if we just look at the chart of ARC, let's just look here. Holding up fairly well. It's Tesla holding it up. Tesla's actually held up pretty good. I mean, you have a lot of other smaller names. You know, you talk about the open door technologies that thing breaks down every day. She has a few names that are going up too, though. So, but again, just paying any price for growth is just a recipe in the long term to not make money, in my opinion. And she's really done well here. I just think you got to be more selective in your, you know, in what you're paying or not in the environment where they're rewarding risk at any cost, you know, and just, you know, paying up. And if I look at this ARC chart or ARKK, it kind of looks like it struggled up here at 130, Joel. Oh, yeah. a technical just, analyst. Yeah. You, got a, you got a textbook 50% retracement. If you take it from the 150 breakdown to 110, struggling at 130, went back up there, tried at 130 again. Can we do it? No, we can't. We're leaking here. 
And stocks she's owning are the stocks that are not liked by this market now. So I actually think ARKK looks like a good short tech or short to me. Just my opinion from the technicals. I don't know what your thoughts are, but it sets up more. You do have the double bottom place at 110. And it's going to be dictated by Tesla because she owns so much Tesla. To obviously, you know, that's the, the, the big thing. If you put Tesla's chart over her chart, um, you can see there's definitely a huge correlation. So on ARKK, but you got to be careful just paying any price for growth right now. Be reasonable. Re- growth at a reasonable price. Look at this, uh, uh, moving over to the RKK here. Uh, I, the 130 sticks out like a sore thumb, right? Big you had the, yeah, boom. You had to bounce, woo, out. And then you break down again. Buyers stepped up there at 110, right? A lot of lows at that area. And then 130 again. But I think what your your next level that you got to keep an eye on here, if you're, you know, if you're still bullish this thing, is look at the consolidation you had at right 122. I can't see the exact numbers here, but you guys can look at them on your own chart. You had multiple lows in the same area, just above 120. So I'm not going to mess this up with any lines or anything, but you can see all those lows and you take that out, then you're going to go back and test your 110. So it, it's holding in there. I still see that support. We're actually opening the support here. So I think today's a big day, 120 for ARKK. Uh, there's a lot we can get to here. Do you want to talk? Um, we, we can talk Peloton. We can talk King GameStop. We can talk uh, Man U is making a really big move for that stock this morning. That stock doesn't move. And then United, what's up? No, Manchester United, Man U. Uh, this thing doesn't move. It's within, a, if you discount, you know, COVID, basically within a range of like $5 for, or $10 for the last like several years. Reopening trade here? What's up? No, no, no. This uh, is, split in the leagues. Yeah, this is on, oh. there's a Super League, a new Super League that they're basically going to make to compete with uh, or maybe displace the Champions League. And Man U is one of the founding, uh, I guess, founding members of, of that league. So and and they're and they're traded M A N U and this thing the the stock does not move really but it's up for for, for this for a stock like this this is a big move for menu this morning got a nice little one percent dividend something it's a value it's a little bit of a value play I've traded every once in a while it's been a while since I've traded it um trading up eight percent on it I don't know we'll leave it up to they they tell me I'm not the technical analyst in the chat Joel so I better let you okay, technical I... you I'm not allowed to talk technicals on the show. <laughs> Would you want to own a sports franchise right now no. over the next couple yeah. Of years? Really, yeah, oh, no. always. Of course I would. You would? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Of course. How always. are they making money right I, now? Valuations, like, question. valuations do not go down. They How, not go oh, down. really? How are they making money right now, though? Like all these, especially, let's go to the NHL because you know you have obviously Yankees and stuff, the TV. But, you know, what about like the Arizona Coyotes? Like how are they? They were teetering before COVID started. How are they not bankrupt? I don't right. understand. Is nobody buying TV, TV rights for the, it, Ari- t- for the Arizona Coyotes? All right, all right. So, the, so the Coyotes might be the one exception to the rule, <laughs> but for everybody else, <laughs> for everyone else, I don't I, understand how the team's still there <laughs> through this COVID. Well, the Coyotes got nationalized, right? Because the NHL took them over, so they got oh, the nationalized. Go. But uh, no, no, it, it's Joel's right. It's TV. It's TV revenue. Um, it's not, but, but that works for Toronto Maple Leafs. That works for New York Yankees, Rangers, Chicago. You know the Cubs. I mean, where there's huge followings. But what are these small market teams? Yeah, that don't have the huge you know viewership outside their local regions. How does that work? Yeah, they get, okay. yeah, they get yeah. a cut of the league revenue. 
is what it's all is the league it. revenue sharing is that in all is that in the I, I, I know I don't that's, know. In the, I, that's in the nhl i know that's in the nhl is that also yes yes but so but you're both right here like dennis's point is that there's, there's no way all these teams are cash flow positive but that doesn't really matter right i got revenue sharing there's only 30 there's a supply of 30 right that's yeah. your supply 30 and then it doesn't get bigger very often i don't want to own any sports teams i would gladly own a sports team at, at any point Give I'd get a- too. I'd get too ticked off too. I think. Well, I'd be. You know? I'd be freaking out. What are you gonna do with those state? I mean, the stadiums are. I mean, we're going back. We're gonna go be going back to games and stuff, right? Yeah. But are they gonna put a hundred thousand people in Michigan Stadium? Is it this year? I mean, I'm renewing my tickets, and you know, we'll see what the situation is. But like, who's deciding like the protocol for the games and the stadiums? And then I think about. The restaurants and Ann Arbor and all the restaurants and all the, uh, you know, the the parking and the concessions and yeah. I mean you're you're talking you're talking so about lost billions and trillions. trillions. It feels uh, like trillions. It feels like trillions. Yeah, and I mean I have not. I mean Red Wings. I I, I mean I didn't watch them. I mean Pistons. I don't even. I don't even think I could tell you three players on the Pistons. Right. I, I watch them when they're winning. I'm a I'm a bandwagon Piston fan, you know. Like, but they've been bad for so long, I can't tell you three players on there either. I flip them on just to flip it on every once in a while, but it's you know it, it's tough. Even the Tigers. I mean, I, I'm a huge Tigers fan. I've kind of you know, it's been it's been challenging. It's been a challenging you know sports market in Detroit for a long time. I, I, I think you're losing the plot here a little bit because the point is the we point, wanted to complain about our teams though. Yeah, no, I know, but the point is that they made it through. Maybe this is a good segue into maybe they, this is a good segue into Disney because they got they're on the front page of Barron. Yeah, let's talk a house of mouse. Barron yeah. is saying the same thing that we've been saying, which is like they made it through. That's all that matters is they made it through. And Disney's been ripping here. And it's only going to get better once they reopen, in theory. What do you think about You just went on the vacation. Is the reopening trade imminent here, Joel? You were somewhat worried because the flight wasn't full. But maybe you were going past March break and off-season to a certain extent. Although not very off-season. Um, still you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't want to hear my American Airlines rant. Oh, what are the, oh, what I did, we I do, though. We oh, love yes, rants. What <laughs> about AAL? Well, I well first of all, it, I flew Delta, and uh, they were well, incredible. Good. Okay, but people, I'm sure people don't want to hear too much about this. But Lisa booked some plans. My niece is getting married in um, uh, July in Philly, and she's gonna fly. She got we have credits from another trip, and she called. She was on the phone for two and a half hours before we left on vacation, and they said we're sending you an email, a confirmation. You should get it. You know, five day, you know, a couple days or whatever. So she looks yesterday and she looked before we left and all our flights were there, all credited and everything. They were all gone, completely gone. And they were, so then she called them up. So waited three hours, they called and they told her that they canceled it because they changed the time of the flights. And that now all the flights to to Philly from Detroit were 1500 bucks a piece. And she was like, you're out of your mind. She's like, there's something wrong with your computers. Is your site down? And she was screaming at them and going back and forth and worked out a deal. We got some credits. And she's like, if I see these flights lower in the next couple of days or next week, I'm calling you. She woke up this morning. She looked on uh, uh, their site and they had flights to Philly for 200 bucks. 
And they're burning you for the fourteen hundred. Yeah. Holy. Price oh, no, gouging. One on one. I mean, there's something going on. I don't know what the organization of that, but I think they're. I think the reopening trades on. I just. I don't know. The market know. still thinks it's on. Yeah, the market still thinks it's on. Half of the people are vaccinated. Everyone is. Um, except in Canada. Right, except in Canada, and uh, you know everyone wants to get back to it. So I think you're going to see, you know, as long as you know Michigan obviously is not doing that great, or Canada, but as long as you know you see a continuation, yeah, I think that 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 trade. But I just I don't ever see. I don't want to use ever. That's a long time. Getting back to the levels that they were, uh, these places. I mean, wearing them. I mean, I wore a mask a lot in Florida. I mean, what kind of what kind of you know what kind of fun is that? I mean, I think, you know, that if anything, the the virus has just kind of been a, like a fun sucker, you know, and it's just. You think? Yeah. <laughs> just a <laughs> little bit of fun sucked I, out. I mean, not, you know, for sports. I mean, it's all it's going to get back and everything is going to be different. But I, I just don't know if it can get. I mean, Disney's diversified. So that's another thing. I don't I don't like the reaction to the Barron's article. And if this thing can't get over 190 soon, 191. This doesn't look good. That's not looking good at all. So I think they're late to the party on this one. I'd fade Barons on this one. I will I say know. Disney Plus, though. They got the stars on there now. You know, did you guys subscribe to Disney Plus? Yeah, Me? I, no. I don't, I don't pay for it. But we, I, we watch the Disney Plus more than Netflix. Yeah. Um, they, I've been, I complained all last year that they didn't have enough content. You now did. they got the stars all you, on there, all you, those movies. They must have added a thousand movies. Yeah. Like, you know, like solid movies. It was all like, you know, kids stuff for the most part before. Now they got, you know, cool movies, like fun movies. You know, they are the whole stars group. So there was just a ton of movies, you know, R-rated stuff now, like good stuff, like adult, you know, like, like good movies. So not just all kids movies. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, there's some fun comedies on here now. I was watching, um, what's the one, uh, oh man, I'm getting old and I can't think of names anymore. I'm Joel. I'm, I'm getting taken a piece. I can't think of, uh, the cop movies, super troopers. I was watching Super Troopers on Disney Plus. It's a great movie. So I mean, they got good movies on Wait, there now. Can I, can I tell you what I watched over the weekend? I watched a, a Disney Plus movie that I had never seen the whole thing of. I watched The Sound of Music. The I've never watched that. The movie's really good. Is it good? I should really watch that. Put it on the bucket list. Okay, wait. It's 8.30 here. We're going to have Tim Quast on. Well, one more thing. If we're doing yes. this whole TV thing. Sure. Oh, my gosh. I love cable. We went to this place. <laughs> we went to this place. The first place we TV. went to, I couldn't get on the TV. I couldn't get the Masters. I had to have Lisa sign up for Paramount Plus to get the Masters. It just, this place, it was a nice, you know, Airbnb, but no TV. That they got it like Roku, and then I'm like, I'm trying to Lisa, what you wrote. Cut the we cord ever, on you at that they cut the, Yeah, they're saving all kinds of money. And I'm like, give me the damn masters. I don't have to pay for it. I, I want CBS, NBC, and ABC. Go back to that. I mean, <laughs> Joel, holy Joel's mackerel. not cutting the cord in his house. Oh There's my no lord. Cord cutting at the Alconan family. It went so it was ridiculous. <laughs> and then you know that she had to sign up and do that. And I just wanted to watch the masters, and it wasn't even that excited. Anyway, so I mean, but that's Joel says that, go long Comcast. I don't know. I guess for us old people, it's easier. But uh, let's do the Tesla news before um, uh, before we bring before Tim on, uh, on Tim. Yeah, yeah. So like I saw this over the weekend. You know, there was this tragic accident um, where a couple people died. Um, 
but it doesn't appear like anybody was in the in, was even in the driver's seat. So how's that so, work? So unclear to me. Um, unclear to me. I, I guess it's it's still too early to tell exactly what what happened. They're obviously still investigating the crash, but yeah. but um, if no one's in the the. the the, the Tesla has autopilot, but you got to be in the driver's seat. Yeah, I remember Jason got to touch the wheel every yeah, so you, often. You got to engage it. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. So this might have been user error. It, that, that definitely goes again. They didn't read the manual because it's it, down it, seventeen it, bucks. So they are hitting it pretty hard on this. I, again, even the same thing. We can tie Peloton with this. Maybe we should do them both at the same time because yeah, there was yeah. what, what's the. Because these are both going to be the same type of trade. Exactly What's the Peloton right. news, too? Yep. The Consumer Product Safety Commission uh, basically told any told people that if you have a small child or pet, uh, you should immediately stop using the Tread Plus treadmill. Peloton, for their part, it was like, what? No. They, they, they haven't issued a recall. Uh, you know, they, they haven't. Uh, they basically responded. They're like this. This is you guys are way overreacting. Uh, so, someone did die. There was a couple other people injured. Uh, I guess um, they got caught under the machine. Um, but again, to me, this feels more like it's not well, nothing, nothing unique to Peloton, and more like let, this, yeah. this is like an exercise equipment. Let, let's be dead honest. If you go underneath the treadmill, you got that thing jacked up at like thirty percent, and your dog or your kid yeah. crawls underneath your treadmill and it goes back yeah. down, you're gonna get hurt. Yeah. So, I mean, I completely agree with you. This is more of like an exercise equipment thing. There's definitely been people injured on treadmills. Treadmills are still in existence. They're still everywhere. I had one in my home until I sold it, which we sold everything because we're moving. You actually sold that thing? You could sell. You could, oh, you could have made money. For, could, for right, and co- during COVID? You could get like, you could make money on those things, Joel. People looking for treadmills, man. Exercise equipment's hot during COVID period. So, but, you know, down seven bucks on this headline. Tesla down. 20 17 points on the headline if i wanted to own these stocks i would use this as a buying opportunity i don't want to own either of these stocks as a valuation but that has nothing to do with the headline i think the headline is a buy the dip opportunity but again because i'm scared of valuation on both of these stocks i'm not buying the dip but if you're so inclined that you've been looking for a dip on tesla and peloton to get in it's it could be a buy the dip opportunity in that case. Again, I don't want these stocks because these stocks are just out of favor right now. So it makes it tougher to buy the dip. But Peloton, Tesla, yeah, I, I don't think this is you know uh, to fly out that it's going to be oh there's going to be way more deaths now with Tesla and Peloton because of this. I mean, this people get in car accidents every day. Um, obviously, making mistakes and not behind the wheel it sounds like a mistake. And then Peloton, people have been injured on treadmills for years. Okay. <laughs> that's yeah. the fundamental look uh 720 uh i talked about that level before i left i you know it's a big level they took it out got did someone upgrade this last week or something what uh did he it got Probably juiced Kathy. or something because it got juice when it got near i heard i don't know what it was but it had a couple big updates so now are we gonna hold 720 right it, it's still holding up yeah yeah big yep Yep, that's very important. Little gap to fill down to 700 and change. I don't know what called, caused this gap, but you know, maybe if you want to try and low take it, go out 705, 704.80 fills the gap. So there's an area that's, I think it'll hold here. I mean, I think as far as like a, I'm no lawyer or anything, but if no one was driving it, I don't know how that's Tesla's fault. Peloton, I own it. I hate it. I want out. <laughs> that's all I can say. But I'm not selling it. 
So there we go. I'll sell it at 70 instead of selling it at uh, 109. <laughs> Joel's, Joel's still trying to put his business proposal together to get yeah. rid of his Peloton shares. Lisa's yeah. not listening. <laughs> no. And Lisa's been right the whole time. So And all I know is I don't have the, the treadmill. I have I have uh, the bike. So yeah. And whenever the dog comes in, I'm like, Perry, get away. And then she goes away. So You close uh, the door when you got the exercise going. Don't let the dog in. Okay, thanks. Uh, you right. let the dogs in. Okay. All right. Let's get it's 8.36 on a Monday, which means it's time for Market Structure Mondays. Tim Quas is the founder and CEO of Market Structure. Ed's, what is that hand thing? Tim, good morning. Yeah. Good, good morning. Good, good morning, too. guys. Uh, I'm, I'm doing the V for vaccinated. I, I, hope, so. that, I hope that... Uh, Did you do the J&J? I hope the spot that that uh, that Spock didn't uh, <clears throat> copyright that. Uh, so I so Dennis, we we uh, walked into the pharmacy for shot number two, and I I walked up to the pharmacy and I said, "We're here for the J and J shot," and uh, it did get a little burst of laughter. Ah. Well, we got the we got the we 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 did the Pfizer <clears throat> the version. The Pfizer's been the best one. I want the <laughs> Pfizer shot too, but I don't even have any choices in Canada, so I'll take the J and J man. Send me your J and J shot. I'll take come, it right now. Come down to ready? come Look, down I'm to ready. one of my I'm houses, ready. and <laughs> we'll we'll hook you up. <laughs> I know. I should come down. Bring your J and J shots to Ontario. We don't have any shots. We'll take AstraZeneca. We'll take the J and J. We'll take right. the Pfizer. We'll take your homemade vaccine. We need anything in Ontario, man. We just want to get out of lockdown. Right, right, right. Well, well, come on down. Come on down to Steamboat. I should. They don't let me in the country though, because I'm from Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> you got COVID, man. We just stay away. Right. <laughs> Tim, how's it going? Well, thank you. I heard that uh, I've heard part of your discussion about Peloton and uh, Tesla, and Joel. I'm I've I've got a, a, a Peloton as well, and it is a great machine, isn't it? They're just fabulous machines. Uh, so uh, the question, though, I suppose, is whether that's material. You know, from a trading perspective, and I watched some of the 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 folks. Uh, see, you've got a big crowd, and uh, I watched some of the the. The comments before I came on, and it might be interesting to look at Peloton. Uh, there are some things that I think we should talk about. Maybe I'll preface it this way: there's the big picture, and then there are these specific cases. Uh, I, you know, I, it's probably good to review. If we look back to what, what, and I'm, it's not me. We have good data. I think that that uh, Market Structure Edge has good data. We go back to January 25th when I was uh, on with you right before I left for the Caribbean. <clears throat> Uh, the the as we said, well, the the data show that the market's probably going to decline, and it'll do that for about ten days. And uh, then we came back in February, said, well, now the market will probably recover until the February expirations and the month end window dressing jam into each other, and then we're probably going to have ten days of trouble. And sure enough, we did. Right. Mm. Uh, then we went into uh, March expirations, and there were there were very strange occurrences that happened there. And we can we can look at some of that if we want to, but the point is that's where the Archegos Capital blow up occurred. And following that, we said, well, I think tech probably is the place to be because if tech, uh, which will bring us back to Peloton in a moment, is is fifty uh, percent of market cap. If you so the 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 Fangs Plus, I include in that group AMD, uh, Tesla, of course, Microsoft, 
NVIDIA. I throw in Shopify because of its characteristics. So if you add those together, that's 22% of market cap, just in the, in the FANGs and the plus group. Then you add uh, tech that is in consumer discretionary, which includes Facebook and Netflix. I saw some folks were talking about Netflix. Uh, and then communication services and then tech itself. It's 50% of market cap. So if you have a market where assets are allocated, even if Kathy chooses a basket, she will not be able, obviously, uh, that's her focus to begin with, but she's going to come back to the names that matter because they're most of the market. And that's true for just about anybody. And sure enough, that group did well. And we said, probably they do well right into April options expirations. And Joel, I think that that's your answer to Tesla. It wasn't, a, wasn't an upgrade. It's because Tesla did well right into Thursday, Friday, index futures expirations on Thursday that the Europeans prefer. It's our only AM dated instrument in the American markets. And then Friday was triple witching, oh, it, stock and index options, and then options on futures. That's the triple. Uh, and, and the markets got a nice run into that. Now, the question, the broad question is, what happens with new options trading today? And folks like Millennium, 50 billion in, uh, under management, huge hedge fund run by Israel Englander. And, uh, you always, and traders, when you look at these folks like that, the professionals, the big hedge funds, it's not that they have 50 billion, it's that they will have 450 billion because they tend to lever eight or nine times to one. And Israel Englander is hiring a bunch of risk management people out of Goldman Sachs. So is Millennium. And what does that mean? Are these folks concerned about the effect on banks? Uh, Spencer, you and I traded notes about banks. And you know, what, 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 uh, what, why are the banks not doing so well on these incredible results that they've achieved? Goldman Sachs has done fine, uh, but the others have kind of lagged. All of that brings us to, to around to let's start with Peloton. That's the backdrop to me. And it tells me that, you know, using probabilities and data are wise and that if hedge funds are thinking about hedging risk and new options trade today, what should we as traders take away from that? And are there some data and probabilities that we can use? So I've rambled on, but uh, traders, I'm going to, here, I'll share this Let's jump at Peloton. Yeah, let's look at Peloton. So I'll share my desktop and and traders, you can do this. Just go over to marketstructureedge.com and uh, you can sign up for free and just follow along. And I'll, I'll show you how simple it is to look at the market structure data. By the way, for fun, I was reading the 898-page new rule on, on the data plans uh, over the weekend. That's, <laughs> a, that's what I, you know. That was a nice uh, weekend. I just saw reading read 900 <laughs> pages on the it, new rule on data it's, plans. <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> It's uh, riveting, you know, that's some, you know, there's Stephen <laughs> King and then there's, uh, you know, there's uh, the data plan uh, discussion from the, from the SEC. Of course, all the exchanges have sued the SEC to block this, uh, these, these changes. But anyway, here it is. So the app is actually app.marketstructureedge.com, but just go to marketstructureedge.com and, and I'll, this is what we, we look at. So let's go look at Peloton from a market structure lens. And what that means is, uh, the rules that govern how the market works and the behaviors that arise from that. So if we look at Peloton, it's 10 out of 10 overbought, topped, 60% short, and machines are the leading behavior. That was as of Friday. So uh, no surprise that it would be down. 
I mean, it's at the very top. You you don't want to buy top sentiment. You don't want to buy tens. You want to buy sentiment that's rising. So traders, if you want to know when to come back to Peloton, the data will tell you. The time to buy Peloton was right here when sentiment began rising. So that was right at the end of, of uh, that, that particular day was March 25th. So right at the end of March, this is where uh, money started to reweight back into tech. And notice that sentiment, this is the line. The thing I love about sentiment is it's not volatile. Prices are very volatile. It's very difficult to trade a price because it changes all the time. So sentiment just rose and rose and rose and rose until it hit 10. Short volume right here is it's very high. It's frighteningly high. It did tick down. It was actually a little squeeze on uh, right into options expirations, probably telling us that there were puts and people got squeezed on those puts. And the offsetting hedge would be short volume. So that hedge comes off. So even here, uh, I, you know, if you held it, you would hold it. If you don't own it, don't buy it here. This is not the time to buy it. You want to buy it when this line has gone all the way back down and begins to recover again, telling you that what all everybody who's going to wash out is out and demand begins to come back, then surf that way. That's how you do Tim, it. Tim, can I hop in here real quick for Please a second? Go. Does yes. it ever does it come down and then go up a little bit and then come right down again? Uh like really. really Rarely really? runs in cycles, right? If there is weak demand, it does not rise back above five. Five is, okay. the, five is the axis. I always okay. think of the market as being you know, the 10-point scale. And if things are above five, there is more demand than supply. Since the financial crisis, by the way, all the way back to the recovery, March of 2009, to present, the market has averaged, even through the, the uh, pandemic correction, about 5.5. The whole market. So it tells you the whole market is a GARP, growth at a reasonable price market. When, and it will happen, it stops averaging five, that's when we will really have a sustained bear market. And, we, and we're nowhere close to that. But notice the Peloton here in February never got back above five. It just never, you could still trade it there, but you would want to leave. If it stays at five, get out because it's not going to do better than the market. And so you want to you own stuff that will do better than the market. And it, it really did very poorly. This was a tough time. This is the Archegos effect. Everything wigged out around that Archegos effect. But notice how it tends to rise and fall and rise and fall predictably. And that's uh, that's what you want to use. Let's go to Tesla too, because it's okay. in the news here. Um, right. Obviously, it's down significantly here this morning, but right. it was starting to show life. It's been holding on so much better than some of the other high valuation names. Tesla's actually They've, maybe it's because it's such a major S&P component that just kind of moves around. The S&P, the index effects probably have significant more effect than maybe the whole high right. valuation with sound high value stuff. So anyway, right. down 19, uh, obviously, you know, an accident, tragic over the weekend. Right. What is the market structure looking like on Tesla? So, and, and by, you know, by the way, with, with roughly, let's call it $750 billion in market cap, uh, Tesla by itself, if, if total market cap is $50 trillion. In the U.S. market, it's almost—it's a mind-boggling number, fifty trillion. Uh, so, it, at, uh, so at tell us about that. How are you calculating that? It, so you take you so you take roughly the Russell three thousand. You yeah. take the Russell three thousand, which is ninety-nine point nine percent of market cap, and you add it together, and uh, you add that up, and we're at just shy, just barely shy of fifty trillion in market cap. But Tesla is a meaningful part of that by itself. Yeah. You know, at one trillion 
it would be roughly 2% of the market. So it's just a, sh a share a shade over 2% of the market. It's huge. Yeah. And so look at it too. 10 out of 10, taut, 41% short. It's more long than short. That's a pretty good sign. Active money is the lead behavior. So really, investors continue to believe, thinking people continue to believe in Tesla. So this can be uh, a buy the dip opportunity? Well, again, the, still, the rule still applies. If it's 10 out of 10 uh, and, and uh, short volume covers, if you own it, don't leave. You don't have to leave. This tells us that this, this effect is likely to be short-lived. Now, if it changes, if short volume rises above trend, uh, like we saw in here, this is where you would wait. So you wait for, okay, sentiment returns to, to, to the trend and sentiment, uh, short volume, sorry, returns to trend. Short volume, by the way, traders, is the amount of stock uh, comprising daily trading volume that is borrowed. And it's almost half. So when it reverted to trend here and sentiment ticked up, well, that's a great time to buy it. And then you stay until sentiment begin ticks down or reverts to five. So in here, if you own it, stay. You don't have to sell it unless the data tell us. If you want to buy it, I would wait. I think that once again, you have two important dates here that are, are that are occurring. Right now, we're in. We're still in. We're still in April options expirations. New ones trade today. Tomorrow, banks will true up their books on both the ones that expired Friday and these new ones trading today. Wednesday is VIX expirations. And there are trillions of dollars tied to volatility strategies to avoid it or to ride it. And so you get past that and we can see some big changes in the way that people are trading. So wait again for sentiment to fall and rise. You will get another better entry point and it may come after this. And how long would it take? Well, data tell us that it takes, if you look at the, the, the cycle here, it's about eight or 10 days, eight or 10 days. And you'll have an opportunity, I think, in Tesla. Uh, T. Cole says he never misses Mondays with Tim. Tim Quatt is the founder and CEO of Market Structure Edge, joins us every Monday for Market Structure Mondays. Tim, always a pleasure. Nice view behind you. You're in a different always spot. We like it. We'll talk Thank to you, you next week. All right, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you. All right. Thanks, Tim. Um, I did, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Here's what I wanted to do. I Before I forgot, I wanted to announce the winners of our swag giveaway from last week. So we had a contest where I mentioned we're doing this rotating contest every week, we're doing a new show last week. We did a contest through pre-market prep, giving away up to $100 of Benzinga swag. We have four winners, one person who has won a hundred dollars and three people who have won $25 in Benzinga swag. Those winners are Douglas Smith is our big winner for $100 in Benzinga Swag. I'm going to email you all so you, so you know that you won. Uh, Alexander Chernov, uh, Stephen uh, Rotring, and Grant Barnes all won $20 of Benzinga Swag. So um, congratulations to the four of you. Oh, no. Oh, there we go. Okay. My sound effect didn't really work. but uh, That worked pretty good. Here we go. I don't know. Uh, applause here. I'm going, to, I'm going to email Douglas, Alexander, Stephen, and Grant. Congratulations. You guys won our contest. Next contest is going to happen uh, on our next show. Get technical starting at 930. Uh, can we talk about semis? No, no. Actually, before we do that, I want to talk Apple. Because do not forget, Dennis, you, you like trading into events. Yes. We have an event tomorrow. What time? Uh, it's the Apple Spring event. It is at... One o'clock Eastern time, ten o'clock. Writing it down. 
uh, Pacific, and we they're probably going to announce some new stuff, right? That's what they do at these events. Yeah, announce new stuff. So That's... watching Apple today because of that. Again, if you're trading the events, I want to reiterate it one more time here. The object is not to hold it through the event. The object is to hold it ahead of the event and sell ahead of the event because I took a lot of heat last week when you were away, Joel, because I said I went along Mara, Riot, and all of them ahead of the Coinbase direct listing. Yes, and I sold them all that morning of, I think I made like 5 or 6% on a couple of these stocks overnight. It was a really good trade. And then I'm taking all this heat in the afternoon because they tanked, and I'm like... I clearly said that I was selling before the event. I don't hold it into the event because the event's always a risk. So the idea is to get out before the event. We don't know what Apple's going to say. Maybe they're going to say some really cool stuff that's going to continue to rally. But all I know is there is alpha generated from being long ahead of events. Doesn't work 100% of the time. But no. if it works 52% of the time, it's a moneymaker. Dennis, so. they're not listening. They're not listening. They well, they do know, listen. But... Now, some people just you know why they don't listen. You know why people don't listen? Because well, they're machines. I, I don't listen either. Because they're machines. <laughs> oh, you think some of the machines? Yes. Some of the machines trading off of her. Exactly. Uh, off of the stuff. Some. some of it. Many. So it's so it's just machines just trying to. I mean, you pop. What is what is standing out? You pull up this Apple chart. I'm, you guys got to see it. Yeah. What is sticking out like a sore thumb? I mean, come on, let me uh, share my chart here. Holy moly. What do you got to keep an eye on for the rest of the week and maybe for the rest of your life here in Apple? I mean, we had a run. Let me show it. What sticks out like a sore thumb? Anybody that doesn't get this, just get kicked off. 135, man. Oh, my God. Oh my lord! How many how many daily highs is that on one? It's, uh, it's, it's like been a nice run already. It's like one thirty-seven or one thirty-six. Some two right on the kisser. One at four sixty-six. That was on Tuesday, so you should have been alerted to four sixty-six on Tuesday. Thirty-five even. You should have been knocking your head, saying, "Wow, wow!" Just got a little above it. Then on Thursday, oh, one thirty-five even again, and then Friday. The, the seller stepped down. He said, I'm not going to get my 135s off. I got a, I, my target exit is between 134.50 and 135. I better bring my offer down. And that's exactly what they did. Also, uh, that strict technician there, they were just playing this for a gap fill up to 132.79. They didn't care about anything else. And then 135. So I don't know what's going to happen with the event. I did hear Amazon is coming out with some new pods or something, ear pods that are supposed to kick Apple's butt. Or was that just some fake Twitter information that I saw? But I did hear that. Come on, guys. I'm not making that up. Someone heard that too, right? Yeah, uh, I I agree with the point you're making is we've had a pretty good run in Apple. Hell of a run. Hell of a run. This is a big stock. It's up 10% in a week and a half. It almost scares me to go long just for another overnight trade ahead of it because yeah. it's oh. already had its move. I mean, we should, we needed to, you know, to trade this a week and a half ago. I'm long Apple in the long-term account. It's not leaving. Don't worry. I'm not selling my long-term Apple. But as a trade here, it's had a pretty good run. So a lot of the money, easy money has been made. It's going to be tough for sliding here. Unless they come out with the flying car and, you know, from this spring event, I think it's probably, and you never, you know, we know they're going to come out with an Apple car. We know that's coming. So maybe we get a little clarity. I don't know. Is there a projection of what they're going to talk about this spring event, Mr. Israel? Uh, Yeah, I saw here. Let me pull up. If it's more watch stuff. Let me pull up here. Um, blah, 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 blah. Hello, monkey. Just help me out here. Um, April 
or earnings on the 28th. So maybe That's something to think about a, too. Yeah, you get a little dip here, maybe come back down to 131, 132 and yeah. then maybe trade it for that, but man, that 135 big level doesn't look like we're going to go through it today. I mean, it's only down 42 cents here, but that's a big level. Maybe the fourth time up or actually it'll be the fifth time up to that area. Um, maybe we'll go through it, but big area got back over half of the move. Um, had a few calls that I dumped before I left on that thing, but Oh, well. are you long Apple Joel? Yeah. Small position. The long, long-term. Account? Yeah. Yeah. What are you Spencer? You have Apple in your long-term account? Of course, not even named Of course. <laughs> we all got these big caps in our long yeah. We all just move around with the mega caps. Yeah, and to answer your Everything question. else is just noise. It's really Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook that drive my entire portfolio. <laughs> everything else is – well, not Facebook. Get rid of those of it, But <laughs> everything else is just kind of noise. I look overall, it's like, man, I'm getting killed in that, but my portfolio is up because I've got some Apple. <laughs> so the expectation is there going to be some some new iPad launches tomorrow. I'm sure there will be more besides iPad. iPad doesn't move the needle, but uh, we, we don't even really know what it will be yet. They only announced it last week, like last Monday. So, um, yeah, tomorrow 1 Eastern time. There's your event. There's your Apple run-up. You want to talk uh, – we, we need to talk about earnings this morning. We had, uh, we had Hog. Let's talk about Hog here for a second. Oh, yeah. Because Hog – this is interesting. Some good news and some bad news. The good Driver news – Driverless motorcycles? No. no. No, the no, good news no. is that uh, their earnings are good and their guidance was better. They actually raised their motorcycle revenue growth expectations from a 20 to 25% growth to 30 to 35% growth. However, they said that a new EU ruling would subjugate the company to a 56% import tariff within the EU. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how, how much of their market is, is in Europe, but, uh, that's not good. I know the market don't seem to care about that. They're just looking oh. at the revenue here and the projections higher and it's up eight percent. You know what? Ah. I'm kind of kicking myself here. This kind of seems like one of those outdoorsy getting to the spring seasonality plays and everybody's been buying boats and they've been buying campers. Why not buy motorcycles too? It fits right in with all that. So wish I was long. I'm not. Um I don't know. It's breaking out here too. So it, very important day for it. Kind of hold the gains. Uh, exactly. Open it up into a big area. Uh, you have, what is uh, your pre-market high? 44.62. That's a little bit of, I'm just looking at these four tops right here in this area, 43.75. Currently it's trading right in that area. So holds 43.75, take out the pre-market high, go to 45 and beyond. But man, it just, it got up there once, caught a cold, twice got really sick. And, you know, had to gap up. I can't remember what that was about. It got up there again. So a lot of resistance up there. You're opening right into it. Hog, hog will be there at the four tops. Uh, let's just talk semis for a second. Um, someone asked about AMAT, and I want to do a thing on Intel versus AMD. I don't know if you guys have thoughts on, on any of those three. Wow, this semi run has just been incredible. Applied materials, we're talking about this this time last year, and the stock was $40 stock, and it's $133 stock. I mean, these things have run so far. AMD, we know, has been in consolidation station for the better part of a better part of a year really between yeah. 70 and 95 is this consolidation go higher uh the line in the sand we've given on amd it still applies is i think you want to stay long as long as it holds a 73 74 area in the longer term but 
Um, if it ever takes that out, it could be tough at Knight Rhodes. But I think, you know, your consolidation to eventually go higher there. I kind of like the AMD and Intel. I'll give you your thoughts in a second, Joel. Intel, I know you sure. own Intel, Joel. I wish I still owned Intel. I think it's still cheap um, from a valuation perspective. I think that they've got, you know, the mobile eye. We've talked about that. I like Intel, too. I wish I still owned it. Uh, i just give you a clear numbers here. I think the AMD, it's just been too quiet too long and just getting up. The rally seemed to be sold. So until this clears uh, for good, clears 84, I think path of least resistance is uh, lower. Great support in 78. It's just, you know, each bounce, it's just been a little bit more muted. Uh, AMAT, I haven't looked at in a while. Trading down 220. Just looks like it got tired. Like four days of consolidation, breaking out, breaking down through the lower end. I'll use 111.50 as resistance. And uh, Intel got knocked last week. Uh, coming back, good support. At, I like the support at 64. Turning back up here. Well, hopefully the test at 68. All right. Dennis or Joel, any final thoughts before I bring on Matt Hammond to talk IPOs? This Just week? look at imbalances. We should start looking at imbalances every day because they are meaningful, especially after an option expiration. Um, AT&T, 226000 to buy. Wells Fargo, 165000 to sell. General Electric, very mixed, 210000 to sell. And GE, Taiwan Semiconductor, 63000 to buy. Um, Disney, House of Mouse, 51000 to buy. That's significant as well. I'm just cherry picking out of you know the big mega sure. caps, what, what you know I'm seeing. Bank of America, 82,000 to sell. Very mixed market. Very mixed today. There is definitely some life, though. I know we're seeing you know a lot of red on the board, but there's a lot of green here, too. You're seeing green in the financials uh, a little bit. You're seeing green in some of the oil. You're also seeing green in some gold stocks. And Coke's helping some of those consumer staples. As well. Oh, yeah. We didn't even do Coke earnings. Uh, no big deal. They beat and they beat. That's the bottom line on Coke. They, they, there you go. Uh, not much to say about it. Stock is up a buck this morning. Whew. That's yeah. a big move for Coke. Big move for Coke. All right. Um, I'm going to say goodbye. All right. Me too. Everyone, uh, goodbye. Joel, wait, wait, Joel, don't leave yet. I want to say uh, people really missed you, man. I got a lot of heat. I got a lot of crap about my charts. They're like, we missed Joel's charts. I was like, I'm sorry. I can't help it. So people missed you. They missed your charts. Uh, it, it, it's 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 glad we're gonna glad to have you back. Uh, oh, that makes me feel all warm and we missed you, Joel. Time. We did. We well, missed some, you. some people were on Monday. They're like, I miss Joel, and I was like, get over yourself. It's fine. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, but was it? Thursday we all missed Joel. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> all right. Have a good one. All right. All right. You later, Spencer. All right. Uh, before before I bring on Matt, I want to just uh, preview today's programming slate real fast. So we've got uh, pre market prep, of course, which is on now. Get technical on at nine thirty. Training with Benzinga Pro at ten thirty. Spax Attack, they're interviewing the CEO and COO of Parts ID at 11. We've got the Power Hour. We've got Wall Street Global Trading Academy with David Green at 2. There's actually um, some more there. That's weird. Uh, At the Close Show at 3.30. Doing my weekly short report recap with Edwin Dorsey at 4. Cannabis Insider at 4.30. Uh, Ryan Rose Biani um, should be at five, although I think he may have to move until tomorrow. We've got a couple of shows that aren't on here. We've got a new show we're trying today uh, at four. I'm sorry, at um, wait, where? Oh no, I'm sorry, that's for tomorrow. Uh, we've got the Rail Report at at eight. Uh, we, we are doing a new show with Mitch. Mitch is doing a new show that he can talk about uh, later on in the evening uh, at six o'clock here. Money, Mitch. I don't even know what that entails, but. We'll find out. Uh, let's bring on Matt Hammond, though, and talk about IPOs. Matt, last week was was a huge, huge week in IPO land. And this week, uh, 
will not be as exciting, right? But I, I want to know how you traded last week's stuff. Yeah, last week was huge. Uh, first of all, good morning, Spencer. And yeah. uh, thanks for having me again. Yeah, last week we had Coinbase, which was incredibly hype. Let me get in focus a little bit. I, I got to hear how you traded this guy. Okay. So we'll cover that in just a second, um, oh. unless you want to just jump in. Um, there are quite a few IPOs this week, so uh, we do want to move through the recap of last week and get to uh, what's coming up. Uh, last week has passed. Can't really make money on the trades that already happened, but there's still some opportunities this week. Actually, I think we have 12 IPOs this week. So um, there were at least three uh, win opportunities significant, including Coinbase, uh, which we'll get to in a second. Before, Right before Coinbase debuted, uh, there was a smaller Alchemy Technologies, which we did preview on this show last week, which does uh, software as a service for small banks and credit unions. It did a nice little initial run of about 20%. Uh, Coinbase actually, despite its big drop off, did offer about a 10 to 12% win right off the front, which is an easy trade to make. And we'll go over that in a second. But the biggest opportunity last week was one that we called out on this channel was esports entertainment, eBet, which gave a, you know, pretty much followed almost exactly the same game plan as UTME, which was what we were banking on, what we were expecting. And it didn't quite have the second day pop, but it did have tons of outs still isn't giving any heat on the initial debut price and was a very easy trade to make a lot of money on. I got a lot of people into this. So I hope a lot of people on the show played it. We've got a few coming up this week that may, maybe I'm not as confident in those, but are worth playing for the same reasons. And we'll, we'll get those again. But the theme of this last week was, you know, hype. All of this was hype. Coinbase had a ton of hype. eBet had a ton of hype. And it's hot. It burns, you know, the, the, it, it propels things to the moon, but it burns out fast. And we saw that with Coinbase. So let's um, jump into those. Alchemy, I just wanted to show you that some of these lower hyped ones still give significant win opportunities. Alchemy opened at 41.26 and pretty much did a very steady rise up to a peak of 49.25, retraced a little bit back down to VWAP, and then it rose again. Um, so you had two play, two options here to make a nice, you know, a nice win with very little heat. And I love this strategy, especially if you're just getting started with trading IPOs, is you wait for the stock to debut and you simply set your stop loss rate at your entry point or just above it. At that point, if you're wrong and the stock drops, you get out for a non-loss or a, you know, a small win. Maybe the worst case scenario, there's a little slippage and you lose a little bit, um, but you're basically locking in the opportunity to take advantage of a rise if it goes up. And when it goes up, you just keep, you know, bringing up your stop loss, bringing up your stop loss, bringing up your stop loss. And eventually you're going to get triggered out. And maybe later on it goes on a big run, but you're aiming for wins. If you can get five to 10% wins, you know, seven, 10% wins in a row doubles your money. So if you can keep doing that without losing money, you can make a lot of money with this kind of trade. And we're going to look at Coinbase. Coinbase actually gave us that exact same play. If you got into Coinbase at 381, which is where, you know, if you're using that limit price above the indication price, which you can get inside Benzinga Pro, they give you the indication price before the stock starts trading. You can get your order in at 381. It pretty much, I mean, there's a little bit of a, I don't know what you call that, a, you know, a doji or, but other than that little red blip right there, you had 10 green candles in a row. 
So if you just kept setting your stop loss, setting your stop loss, setting your stop loss at about 429 reverse, maybe you're sitting on a stop loss at 420, which is what I was doing for at least half of my position. Then you got out at, you know, 420 and now you, you know, now you're playing with half your position uh, in place, or maybe you completely got out and you could get out here. I wanted to long hold it. Um, so I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm bag holding at this point. But my average price, I can sell at 360 or above and break even. So I, I, I kind of coach the strategy or teach people that I think you should take out at least some of your position on the way up and that gives on this initial spike. And that gives you an opportunity to either completely cash out or you can, you know, you're, you're holding, but you're not holding with your whole position underwater if it goes down here. Does that mean you following me? I'm with you. I'm with you. So that's what I did. And now I'm, I'm holding about half my position in the red because Coinbase, I think the hype got a little bit ahead of the, uh, of the direct listing. And with a direct listing, there's other unknown variables, including how many shares are actually going to sell. With an IPO, we know they're going to float X number of shares. With a direct listing, we just know there's this many shares that, are, you know, that exist. And we don't really know how many of those existing shareholders are going to sell out of their position. We do know that the longer it trades, the more shares are in play. More people have bought shares and, and more people could be selling them who are holding them initially. We just know that supply increases over time, which is probably a good reason why we see the share price dropping. And we saw a similar, uh, a similar effect with Palantir when it debuted. It made an initial spike from 10 to about $11.50, $10 to about $11.50. And pretty much trailed off for the rest of the day. And for about a month, we sat below $10. And then everyone, I think, knows what happened after that. It pretty much shot to the moon and has since settled in at around you know, 22, 23, 24. So direct listings are a little bit of a different animal. But on these IPO plays, you set that stop loss, take out part of your position or all of your position on the right up. And now you're playing you know, with a little bit more grace period here. And if you want a long hold... Um, there's a strategy I'll talk about another time that you can kind of get free shares by, you know, if you had sold, say, you got a 10% win here. If you sold 90% of your position, then 10% of your position you could hold basically with house money. And, you, you know, in theory, you could use one chunk of, of capital to build positions in a bunch of companies by using the strategy just by recycling that initial capital, taking your profit in the form of shares. And you could actually build out a portfolio just with that sort of um, rollover strategy and take your, your profit in shares. Okay, the big one last week was EBET in terms of profits. And this one was all about the low float. And that has become sort of a theme ever since UTME a couple of weeks ago went from 1140 to 107 over the course of two days. And a good way to just kind of check on the hype status of these is to just go to Twitter and see how many people are talking about it. And if everybody's saying, Oh, here's the next low float play, it's worth a, you know, taking a shot at this. Esports entertainment was only 2.4 million shares and everybody was saying, Oh, it's the next UTME. It's the next UTME. And if you got in on the debut, I mean, this the IPO price was $6. So you know, it debuted at 21, which seems like, oh, that's dangerous. It's what, yeah, it has nothing to do with valuation of the company, very little to do with what the company does 
and everything to do with everybody's playing this low float hype. And it went into three halts and using level two data, you can see kind of within each halt, what is the demand coming out of it? And as I, I was able to get in at 21 and exited uh, about 40% of my position at the top of this candle at 35, uh, exited the next uh, 40% at this candle at 35.25. And then I kind of wa wanted to hold to the second day, but sort of got cold feet around here. And at 25, I said, okay, I don't want to take a loss on anything. I'm really happy with you know the, the win that I'm taking at this point. I'm going to set a stop loss at 25. If it runs up from here, great. If it doesn't, so be it. I'm, I'm super happy with, um, you know, with the win I took, got stopped out still, even that last 20%, I took a win on and on, I think I was in for a total of 1300 shares. I took, uh, almost $16,000 profit in, uh, you know, in half days of trading. So you're going to give up some, you know, long-term play. It's very hard to get a hundred percent of the win capability on any trade. You're going to get it sometimes. The important thing is don't take losses. String together enough wins, roll that money from one trade into the next, and you're going to grow a really nice you know, piece of pie for yourself or multiple pies when you get you know, 100%, 200% wins. Um, there is this phenomenon on the day two push. A lot of these will sort of enter the public consciousness throughout the day one. And then in that after hours session, you'll see things start to climb and then people start talking about it overnight. This is one of those trades where 7149 looks like a great peak. Oh, this whole like ramp up here would be great to play. But this is where your choice of trading platform is really going to matter because this all happened between 5 a.m. and about 540 a.m. And most of the trading platforms aren't allowing you to trade at that time. Uh, Webull, you can get, you can start trading this. This is a 4 a.m. Webull opens at 4 a.m. And you can see things like, okay, well, this is probably around 7 a.m. This is when E-Trade and a lot of the other ones come online. Then at around nine o'clock, you got Robin Hooders coming in. They pushed it up a little bit more. Uh, and this was the, this very, these early minutes of day two, that was the regular trading hours max, you know, for this, for this stock. That's often a really good time to exit if if you see this day two push and you weren't able to get out in you know in the pre seven a.m. zone. But this is where if you're going to play the IPO strategy, having a trading desk that allows you to get out in those early hours can often offer you the uh, the maximum profit potential. We saw this with Roblox. It actually you could have gotten out at ninety two uh, at like five fifteen a.m. on day two. But in the normal trading hours, the max it's ever, you know, that it went in those first few days was 78. It's a pretty big difference there. Another one that was just interesting to look at because there is a focus on these low float IPOs was Carrot Packaging. I think it had three, 3.8 million shares and it debuted at 1860 and kind of peaked out at 20. It did not make a big run. So it's not a rule. Like I don't want people to think, oh, it has a low float. I'll definitely make a ton of money. And these low float plays can, you know, potentially blow up if enough people get into them. They also can go down pretty fast because if the demand doesn't show up uh, and the volume is low, there's just not going to be enough to push this up. So this one offered a pretty safe play. Again, you get in with the stop loss and, you know, trail it 
up and you can get out. I played this one for debut at 1860, got out at uh, 1950. Not with a, not, not a huge win, but you know, a few hundred dollars and better than a loss. Put that in the pool, you know, add it to the next thing, roll it into the next trade, string these together without taking losses. You're going to be in for the ones that do blow up and you're going to get out over the ones before they, you know, before they can hurt you. Yeah, I, I just want to clarify something Matt said. When, when Matt said he's, he said he's not taking the losses, he just means he's, he's using a stop order, right? So that yeah. he, he's they, like, so, so like you're using a trailing stop. You said a 20%. Is that, is that what you said? Actually, I'm, I'm using that term a little bit loosely. What I'm doing is I'm setting a hard stop loss and then I am modifying the order as I see it go up. So okay. it's more like a manually controlled uh, trailing stop loss. Okay, fine. So, so you're doing a stop manually, uh, yeah. which means that if he's going to lose money, it's going to have to happen right away, right? It's, it's, it's gonna exactly. Happen, right? It's going to have to happen at the outset, and he's not going to let himself lose if he's getting like an inch of 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 gains, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the that's the strategy. I will pretty much do it once it gets above about 50 cents there is slippage which is you can have a stop loss set and not get filled at that stop loss it's not a guarantee that you're going to get filled at that price that happened to me that sucks <laughs> yeah it's terrible and that especially sucks. dangerous with halts um and some of these low float ipo debuts have had very yeah. violent halts and you want to i mean trading the halt is almost an art form in itself and looking at the level two data, understanding that you're not even allowed to set on most platforms a stop loss while the stock is suspended, like during within the halt. But you can set a limit order and just keep those limits orders low enough so that you make sure your order gets filled, even if it opens up below the you know the halt price. Yeah. So app loving, and this is another thing that I try to pay attention to is where was the IPO stock whether whether an IPO stock was made available to the general public. And that means that sometimes E-Trade and Ameritrade and, and one of the other ones we look at is uh, Click IPO. But when the main brokerages are offering an IPO to their retail clients, it's something I kind of watch out for because the ones that have been very well hyped, like, um, what was it? Qualtrics and Bumble were both offered uh, to eBay clients I, I trade with eBay, so I get these offers and I put in big orders. I said, oh, these are definitely going to blow up. We're going to get a premium on these. And I liquidated positions and put in a big allocation request. And the day of the IPOs, both of those got canceled and it felt pretty raw and it ended up emotionally affecting me in ways that I should have just stepped out of those trades. I actually did with uh, Qualtrics and then Bumble took my worst loss ever because I was completely mentally in the wrong position to to play that after envisioning these huge win opportunities by getting the IPO price. But then you, when you actually do get the IPO filled, like with Oscar Health and with AppLovin and with DigitalOcean, we've seen in all three of those cases, the debut price was below the IPO price. So in some ways, it's a little bit of a red flag. If they do give it to the retail investors, it might mean that there wasn't as much institutional demand as they thought. It also might mean that when retail investors have it, they kind of have, you call it paper hands or whatever, but they might want to just sell and get out of it right away. So I try to be aware of that. It's a little bit of a red flag. That being said, there's one coming up this week that looks pretty interesting that was 
offered to retail traders on E-Trade and we'll see if it, and if they fill my allocation, maybe that's a bad sign. And if they don't, maybe that's a good sign. And that's always like the double-edged sword of, of, of retail, right? If like, if you see an IPO offered on one of these platforms, you know, the question is, well, why? Like who, who already turned it down? You know what I mean? Like that's always yeah. the question you got to ask yourself. If an IPO is being offered to me, how far down the line am I, you know? <laughs> no, I, I, we, I look at it that way. It's actually down the line. It's almost like we're at a big banquet table and, you know, the royalty and the king and the queen are at one end of the table and that's the right. big investment funds. And we're at the end of the table and all the dishes start at the head of the table and work their way down. Mm-hmm. And if there's a lot of, you know, if there's still a lot of food on the plate by the time it reaches us, you got to wonder what's wrong with the food. And mm-hmm. um, that being said, some of the click IPO ones, some of them are toxic and they just bomb others like ebet uh another one that one was available on webull and i put in an allocation request for 175 shares and they allocated 16 one six 16 shares so that was kind of like hmm i guess a lot of people want this one and so even just getting even requesting the allocations when they're made available can give you a good insight as to how much demand there is for the stock sure sure so, All right, wait, so what about this week? Yeah, let's get to it. Let's get this week. Okay, I'll try to run these quickly, through these quickly. Maybe I'll just skip the, uh, the overview and go to the details of each one. We've got Troika Media Group, which is a digital marketing agency with offices in Los Angeles, New York, and London. They got a lot of A-list clients, Coca-Cola, Apple, Netflix. We don't know exactly what they do for them, but it's digi- it's kind of like a web design company, and they probably do and video uh, marketing, this kind of thing. Their decreased revenue from 2020 to 2019 due to COVID. Uh, they are a click IPO offering that's been available for about a week without being bought out. And the only reason really to take note of this is that it's a low float and people are talking about it on Twitter. I think it's worth playing just because with these low float uh, plays, and we'll jump into the next one because it's in the same boat. InfoBird is a Chinese artificial intelligence driven customer service platform. They do basically AI driven customer service, chatbots, things like that. Pretty small float and Chinese IPOs have been, uh, we have seen some insane like UTME. We saw some insane runs with them, not just UTME. We saw RLX, which is an e-cigarettes company, RAS, which is some cloud-based communications platform, TIRX, we saw a bunch of these just run like crazy. There's something about the Chinese IPOs that have been worth being in. Uh, this one does have decent financials and a chairman that was a former HP executive. So it's not as maybe unknown or uh, just sort of people random. just playing, playing the hype. Yeah, yeah. Not as random, but still, not as, but still kind of random. Yeah, exactly. Not as random and... <laughs> but. Uh, again, on I click IPO for over a week, but it's been talked about now because it got rescheduled for a week. It's been talked about since the UTME uh, play. It got more hype after the eBet. So I think this one's maybe even more interesting, even though it has a higher float. My strategy for playing these is a little bit the same as what I mentioned before, but what I'm really looking for is that initial halt. So yep. these these have gone, almost all of these that have run have gone into a halt within the first about 10 or 15 seconds, which almost means if you have time to set a stop loss, set that stop loss, 
right at your entry point, maybe a little bit below, but really at that entry point, because it's either going to halt or drop. And if it halts, okay, now you can play that halt. But if it drops, it'll drop fast. Like this will go, a lot of these have debuted at eight, gone up to about 8.59 and then just fallen out when they didn't halt. So you want to be in the boat. You don't want to be in the boat when it goes down. You want to be in the boat in case, you know, the tide comes in and the wind picks up, you know, and now you're, you know, you're, you're, you're sailing, you know, and cruising, but you kind of, you know, my strategy sort of breaks down to be in the game in case the game gets hot, but also be ready to exit. Get the hell out. Start getting yeah. dirty. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. The most interesting one in terms of, you know, tr- what the type of IPOs that got me into this strategy are high growth software stocks and UiPath fits that model. Now the big red flag here is it's a E-Trade um, offering. So I put in an allocation request and I'll see what happens with that. I can send out a, you know, a news blast through my newsletter. If you guys sign up at ipowarriors.com to the newsletter, I send out a you know comprehensive overview yesterday of all the IPOs for this week. And I send updates when things get rescheduled or as we learn things along the way, kind of supplementary to you know, what we're talking about here. But what UiPath does is it's robotic process automation software. It's not robotics like uh, Terminator type robotics. It's robotics like software bots that handle automation for banks, for insurance companies, um, where office tasks are being replaced with uh, automated you know, automated processes. And this has been a huge business in 2000. I left out a zero there, but 2019 to 2020, the revenue nearly doubled. So they're up 90%. That is huge growth. They're profitable. Net margins from 2019 to 2020 went from minus 155% to minus 15%. And they just kind of made that step. If you remember, Google used to be kind of thought of as like, well, it's a cool company, everything, but they need some executives to really drive this into a corporate uh, structure. So they just brought in that team in 2019 and that team has brought them public and is now kind of molding them into a more, I can't say serious, but yeah, corporate focused uh, company. And the float is not huge for an IPO of this size. 21.3 million shares is on the lower end of these kind of established company uh, IPOs. Neuropace, this one's interesting. It's a commercial stage medical device that treats epilepsy. Some of these medical devices like NNOX uh, have done pretty well on the IPO. The float is pretty small, 5.3 million shares. All these, floats, all these floats you, you've given are small. That's, yeah. a, that's a red flag to me, but that's just my take. It's a red flag until everybody, it's just kind of like uh, maybe a year ago, if a uh, stock had a lot of short, you know, had a high short selling interest, you'd say, hmm, maybe I don't want to go near that. Now it's, oh, now there's a short, like there's a high short selling, buy, buy, buy. Like it's going to go to the moon. Everyone is going to buy it. Why? Just because it's a short, you know, high short interest. So once, once these indicators become something that people key on and because the low float push means any any sort of demand is going to push it up uh, people start keying in on this and right now at least for the last i say two to three weeks that has been the trend and you know the trend as you have said many times 
is your friend. Skywater Tech, this is a semiconductor foundry that is funded by the U.S. Department of Defense, which basically means they create microchips and they specialize in aerospace and also they do automotive, biohealth and a bunch of other industries. This one's interesting because we're in a global chip shortage. If you're watching the news, you're aware of this, you know, car production is being held up. It's a national security interest. And the Biden administration has come out, I think it was last week or the week before, and put, you know, supporting chip manufacturing into kind of the, uh, you know, the leading interest that the government is going to get behind. Again, just 5.8 million shares. So if any kind of interest or demand shows up, this thing has an opportunity to run. Double verify. This is an interesting one because it deals with uh, digital marketing, monitoring, and analytics for connected TV ads. Basically, they're making sure that the ad, uh, the ad spend that companies are putting into digital advertising is not being um, manipulated, that it's not fraudulent, that the ads are actually being served to users in a way that's viewable, meaning they're not being served on the wrong monitor sizes, or there weren't glitches when people try, you know, were supposed to be watching an ad and they were charged for watching an ad, but actually maybe the, the viewer didn't actually get to watch the ad. They're making sure that they're delivered to the right person. They have kind of a Nielsen type rating for the performance of each ad. They can help predict the ad performance and ad enhancement. Uh, beyond that, they're profitable and cash flow positive. There's this sort of rule of 40, which is that revenue plus EBITDA should be growth should be over 40% for a, you know, for a growth company. And has a lot of backers in terms of underwriters. I like to look at how, who's who are the underwriters. If it's Goldman, great, uh, that's a good sign. And if there's a lot of underwriters, then that means it's a pretty strong stock. Uh, again, only thirteen point three million share float. It almost seems like they are like all of these companies are saying, "Hey, if we go with a lower float, maybe the IPO will perform better." And I'm going to ride that trend for now. If things change, okay. If they don't, uh, I'm going to keep making profits off these trades. All right, we're at the open here. Got uh, wrap it up. Okay, a couple more. Yeah, I'm going to. I'll just go path, play or pass. No before. I'm going to pass on this one. It's a okay. SaaS that trains employees to recognize cybersecurity acts. Yeah, cybersecurity is important, but it's really like a training seminar on how to, you know, make sure that your clients know. Well. There's our bell. Biogen, interesting. Biomanufacturing, Latham Group. They make swimming pools. Swimming pools, everybody's buying them right now. This is the number one market share in every product they make. They're the largest in-ground swimming pool manufacturer and designer for North America, Australia, New Zealand. 20 million shares. Agility, uh, medical equipment, maintenance, rental, and maintenance. Kind of boring to me. I think I'm going to pass. All right, Matt Hammond. <laughs> no, that was quick, man. I like it. Yeah. IPOWarriors.com is his site. Check it out, Matt. Thanks a lot, man. Sign up for the newsletter. Thanks, guys. All right. Cheers. All right. That's our opening bell, which means we are open. And, uh, yeah, how are we doing out there? I mean, let me look at my uh, my my charts. Yeah, okay. All right. So we're, you know, we're just, you know, we, we kind of leaked in the NASDAQ for throughout the pre-market. Russell's flat for the moment. I don't know. Not much. Still early. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Smash that like button. Come on. We Last I checked, we had, like, a couple hundred likes, which is not going to cut it for me. Not going to cut it. I need more likes. I need, we're at 445. I need 500 likes. 
please perform done talking. All right. As always, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Catch a replay of the show on in podcast form or on all the major podcast platforms, uh, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Once again, today's show is sponsored by Market Structure Edge. Try the new way to trade marketstructureedge.com. Thanks to our guests, Tim Quast and Matt Hammond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.